This is an after-school program podcast. Welcome to the Home Studio Hangout Podcast, where we explore what it's like building, running, and working out of a home studio with your hosts, Joshua Matutek, Andrew Simmons, and many guests in different areas of the music industry. Welcome back to the Home Studio Hangout Podcast. My name is Joshua. This is Drew. And down below here, we have my little friend named Nicholas. Now, Nicholas, who are you and what do you do? <laughs> who, <laughs> who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> who is your... <laughs> uh, we're never going to get through this. Okay. So yeah, we're we fine. We're still rolling. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my name's Nick, and I'm a live sound engineer uh, from, well, I live in Los Angeles, California now, originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, I grew up in the same little hometown as Josh, and uh, just a few years, few few little years older. A few little Several. years. And uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty all right. Yeah. The uh, So for those that don't know, this is the, I mean, second time, this is the third time we've tried to do this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> But uh, the first time, uh, I lost Nick's audio, so that's fun. And then the second time was 10 minutes ago when we started, and then my wife got home and dogs started barking everywhere, and then it went off the rails. So we're just going to keep on trucking with talking about Nick, but we also know Nick a lot better than we did the first time. So he's going to get very different questions now, too. So Nick, go with it. tell me about your family. Family growing up. So, um, well, I'll, I'll focus on the, the thing that this is mostly about is music. Mm-hmm. My mom is actually a music teacher. And uh, so I grew up like going to like symphonic concerts and all that kind of stuff. And I uh, started playing music uh, really young. I mean, not really young, I guess, but but pretty young, um, like singing in church choirs and all that kind of stuff. And then mm-hmm. started playing drums when I was in fourth grade and uh, pretty much played that. Uh, the whole way through to college and actually went to to college for percussion for a little while. And then uh, in seventh grade, started playing guitar. Eighth grade, started playing bass. Uh, ninth grade or so, I started getting out of my shell and doing some singing and some some yelling. <laughs> and uh, yeah, started doing all that and then was in a band in high school. Um, and we'll just we'll just give you the quick synopsis of everything. Yeah, go for it. <clears throat> I was in a band in high school and uh Basically, we needed like somebody to learn, you know, how to do some engineering stuff so that we could record demos and whatever. And I just did was that person. And so decided to, you know, start figuring all that stuff out. And then um, we were playing at a a music venue not far from my house pretty regularly. Um, And then me and a couple of friends started booking bands there as well. And they needed somebody to do the live engineering stuff at the venue. And I was like, you know what? This could be fun. This sounds easy enough. And so I started uh, started doing some some engineering stuff there too. And that's as well. where you learned how to use an uh, an Avid S six L, right? Yeah, uh, we definitely did. Um, no, we used a. Uh, <laughs> I think it was a little Allen and Heath. Uh, 16 channel analog mixer and uh most of the time for those shows we would put the kick drum and the vocals into the pa and that was about it (laughs) sometimes acoustic guitar depending on the band yeah and uh 
but it was cool. I mean, we got a lot of, we got a, a good bit of uh, some decent sized bands at the time, you know, through there. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. That was a weird time because that was like the time where like the underground, like rock and metal scene was like blowing up, but they weren't yeah. big enough to afford like hundred cap rooms and there weren't really hundred cap rooms and B markets anyway at that point. So you yeah. kind of booked where you could. Yeah. And I mean, it was, it was cool though, because like we, as soon as we started booking like a few bands there, people would be like, Oh, they do live music there. That's cool. I want to keep playing. And then, mm. you know, local bands would show up and then touring bands would start coming through and we started making friends with a bunch of people and, you know, it just all kind of, you know, kind of snowballed as it does. Uh, real quick, which college did you go to? I went to a, a private liberal arts school in Pennsylvania called Westminster college. Yeah. And, uh, Private little arts homies yeah. right here. Yeah, it was a uh, <laughs> it was a thing. I, I liked a lot of uh, I liked a lot of it, but uh, it was expensive and kept me from doing the stuff that I actually wanted to be doing. So that's why I dropped out after two years. Yeah, I left there after one and then finished my degree online. And nice. Still haven't used it. <laughs> I never finished it. So <laughs> hey, you know what? Who cares? You know, uh, not I any. dropped out of a certificate program. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Like we're out here. We out here, dude. I wasn't even going for like real, like a real degree, and I still dropped out. So <laughs> that's the thing, man. Like, especially in this world, I know, I know plenty of other music people talk about this, but you know, like college programs for music aren't a, like aren't a needed thing. They're not and good, it, dude. They just so exploit side people. story. So working in live engineering, I've had so many people come up to me like and be like, hey, can I get an internship with your with your company or whatever? Can I come mm -hmm. out, you know, help you on shows and whatever? I'm like, yeah, sure. That's that's cool. Fine. And they're like, yeah, I got this, you know, degree from such and such a school. I'm like, oh, that's that's dope, man. And then we get out there and they're like, hey, uh, so what do you need when when we start mixing? And I'm like, you don't mix today. You're going to help me pin the stage. Uh, what? Yeah. Can you go plug in these wireless mics? Uh how and then they almost get themselves killed oh that was a oh yeah we're talking about <laughs> yeah dude, that was yeah. a whole other thing no i mean i literally had i, I literally had somebody ask me they paid eighty thousand dollars for their their music degree and they didn't know how to plug in a wireless mic that is a very real story that like I just it blows my mind that people would spend that much money on something and then not know how to do something that simple. It's wild. Well, in like because they were they, quote, went to school for live sound. Right. Yeah. So that was like the yeah. whole deal. Mm -hmm. You can name and shame. What school? What did they say they went to? Uh, uh, <laughs> it actually wasn't even them. I know what Josh wants oh. me to say. It wasn't even oh. full sale. Uh, uh uh -huh. But uh, no, there's a couple schools out here that do that kind of stuff. And oh, was it an LA school? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, I got you. Was it the extension See, I, I of the LA it's Film School? Either or like full scale or full scale, <laughs> full sale or Berkeley Online or something mm -hmm. like that. Those or are crass. like the big, like online graduate whatever. Doesn't, uh, yeah. doesn't yeah. the LA Film School have like a audio program or something? Yeah, I like think that? they have one too. Actually, yes, they do have one and all of their Instagram ads for their live engineering things show a lighting console, not an audio console. <laughs> like come no. learn come learn live this engineering on a lighting about, console. Oh no. <laughs> Whoops. I, I know I, I, I know like some guys will talk about 
And I think Kenny Beats has talked about this a little bit because he went to uh, Berkeley. He was a Berkeley mm-hmm. guy. Uh, and it's like, he even talks about like, I went to school and I loved my time at Berkeley and I learned a lot, but I didn't learn from my classes. I learned from being around all of these ridiculously awesome musicians and the connections yeah. you make is more beneficial, which is like, yeah. that's kind of what the internet's for now. Kind of. I mean, I do know, I do have some friends who went to full sale and like they came out with more than just a degree and now they're they're just slaying the game in music now like yeah but it's because they got in there and they they leveraged all of the stuff that they could use and could do and the people they met and all that stuff and they turned it into something big they didn't just like go in there and try to do what the normal program tells you to do or whatever you know like they were in the studios that they could use um you know until three in the morning when nobody else was using them because they were there yeah, yeah, like just learning how to do stuff. And then they got out and now they're making over six figures. It's Heck like, yeah. Cool. Well, and you like, know? I think that has probably more to say about that person. Like, yeah, that person was probably always going to do well because they were so driven and wanted to learn anyway. So driven and wanted to learn anyway that they weren't going to let like a degree stop them. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, that's, that's, that's just interesting to me. I like to see if the people that do go to college for like music stuff, I like to see where they go. Yeah. I mean, it's not that you can't learn stuff from those programs and stuff like that, but it's just so often you, the people just that do it, get out with such higher expectations and such different expectations from the real world. Well, and a lot of the times, at least for me and maybe you liberal arts schools, it's like, the stuff that they teach you, they want you to be a teacher. Like, mm-hmm. that's how they teach you. They teach you in order for you to go and teach, like, yeah. kids, which is yeah. fine. Like, that needs to be there for sure. But, like, for me and you, who don't necessarily want to do that, and for me and you, who are trying to be, like, in the current real market of, you know, popularish music... Like that doesn't that doesn't benefit us at all. Like, mm-hmm. did you guys at your liberal arts school even have like a production program or anything like that? Not that I know of. No. Yeah. See, like, I mean, I, mine didn't either. Yeah, I mean, when I when I originally went to school, I went for um, performance and uh, education. So I wasn't even go, I didn't even go to school for any of this stuff. Yeah, same. I just kind of learned it on the on the fly. I figured it out about halfway through my sophomore year in school and I was like, Oh, I can do this. Sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so let's skip ahead a little bit. What made you say, I'm gonna go to LA. Screw Pittsburgh. Well, to be honest, I, I kind of got here in a, in a bit of a, a roundabout way. I, uh, did most, or I mean, I grew up in Pittsburgh and then when I was like 21, I moved to Nashville and lived there for a little while and did some music stuff. And then, uh, auditioned for a band out of uh, the Central Valley in California um, and got into them. And we toured around the West Coast for a little bit. And then um, we broke up and I was like, I don't really know what to do. And then I was like, uh, OK, so I went back to Pennsylvania. And as soon as I got there, I was like, this is stupid. Why did I ever move back here? I should have just stayed in California. And so I made some money and then eventually moved back out here like six years ago. And uh yeah, when I got, I mean, I really just wanted to do music. I wanted to perform. I wanted to, you know, 
play and uh you know the the weather and all of that stuff of los angeles didn't hurt either <laughs> um and i i got out here and just started like uh applying at studios and stuff like that just for income while i was working on other stuff and then got into one and turns out i'm actually pretty good at it so just kind of kept kept going and kept growing and you know doing the live stuff doing that yeah doing that and pretty much especially last year yeah yeah exactly (laughs) yeah dude that uh how many shows did you how many shows did you run in 2020 uh, well, to be honest, my January and February were almost completely full. I was only home for like a week or so of each month, maybe last year. But then after uh, the last weekend in February was my last show. And I flew home I was in Texas and I flew home and uh, that was it. We had a couple of shows that they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this in March. And then it just nothing. Yeah, no way. Yeah, no way. Yeah. Now, I think it's, uh, that's funny. Yeah. The, uh, was it all festivals that you did in January, February or was no. it like show shows? No, it was all over the place. I did. Um, actually I was thinking about it, posted about it on Instagram today. Cause, mm-hmm. uh, I actually did a, um, a lunch for the Oscars today okay. last year, um, which was super weird, Yeah, but cool um they basically like a week before the actual event for the oscars they do this lunch where all of the people who got nominated for an oscar come in and they like they just talk about each of the categories and like who was nominated for what and then at the end they take a big picture with the entire group and they've done that since the beginning of the oscars Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool um but yeah so i did like four days of setup and tech for that and then one day of show and it was cool it was weird i could have like if my arm was just a little bit longer, I could have slapped Brad Pitt in the face while I was sitting there eating. <laughs> like I wouldn't have Brad. I wouldn't have, but like I, but like that's, you know, that's how close I was to these people. Yeah. He'd super, look at you super and weird. he'd just be like, grazie. Grazie. Raymond Durchy. No, I um, mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's sick. The, uh, so like mm-hmm. what, just for the listenership, what are some of the cool, just like name some of your favorite stuff that you've been able to work on. Um, I so mean, like I've Oscar, done Oscars thing was pretty cool. What's that? Oh, that Oscars yeah, yeah, thing yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I um, you know what? I've it, it's weird. I I don't like to uh, I don't like to brag about that kind of stuff. It just feels like it feels weird to me. So much of L.A. Like is like, oh, LA I did this and I did do. that, and I'm better mm-hmm. than you, and like I hate that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I've I don't know. I've done some pretty crazy cool things, so. It's just weird, you know, um, but like I did, um, you know, I've worked with people like Kelly Clarkson and Rob Zombie and um, Lenny Kravitz, did some stuff for him, uh, did a show for Paris Hilton at her house. That was <laughs> fun. Um, <laughs> fun. Dude, you know what? She was, I don't care what anybody says about her and she might be a different person other times. She was the nicest person I've ever freaking met. Like really? she really was. Yeah um she was super cool um did a thing with steven tyler that was fun i tell people this is one of my favorite stories to tell about him too is that i went on a drug run for him (laughs) the reality is he uh had like a sinus infection or something and i went to cvs and picked up (laughs) meds for him to kill his sinus infection (laughs) but it sounds so much more fun to say it the other way went on a drug run yeah yeah um (laughs) 
pretty much all the like big, um, you know, eighties or whatever band, like big mm-hmm. rock bands. I've worked with all them, the journeys and foreigner and sticks. I've, I've done sticks like 12 times. Did System you, tech, not them. I was, was going to say, what, which, which, what, what were you doing for those shows generally? Monitors? Uh, so it's all over the place. I do, um, uh, I system tech. So like I set up the whole PA system and pin the stage and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I'll mix front of house or monitors depending on the situation. Uh, and sometimes both front of house and monitors. It it all kind of depends. Yeah. yeah, it depends on budget and setup and team size yeah. and that kind of stuff and, yeah and some of those bands you know come in and they have their own they have their own guys and yeah. so i'll just tech and then i'll you know hang out as a monitor tech or front of house tech and basically yeah. make sure that if anything blows up that i'm there to fix it you'll, you'll or if a2 they have any questions about what's that you'll a2 or something exactly yeah yeah so if they have questions about a console or a setup or, or like how something's routed or whatever um i'll hook them up but it, it all depends and you know, sometimes you show up to shows like actually the last show that I did last year, um, like the very last one that I did last year was for this guy, uh, Drake White. Super, super cool dude. I had no idea who he was before we did the show, but um, they showed up and they're like, hey, so are you are you the monitor guy? And I was like, uh, didn't you bring your own? I'm just teching today. They're like, no, we don't have our own aren't you the monitor guy? And I was like, well, I guess I am. <laughs> and uh, so like I just, you know, flew together some weird show file for them and, and did the show and it was friggin' dope. And I made, you know, we're all friends now. Kinda. That's sick. <laughs> yeah. That's super tight. No, it's yeah. like, and I think that is being able to be flexible in that is probably like the biggest thing for people to be able to learn. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, especially in live sounds. Absolutely. Like, you know, yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty much the case in studio work too, being flexible and all that kind of stuff. But I would say mm-hmm. even more so in live sound, it's like, yeah, you got to be able to like off yeah. the cuff, just do some stuff. Exactly. That's, that's one of the things that makes live the worst job ever. And one of the most exciting jobs ever is that like, you just don't know how things are going to go. Like you can tech, you can set up a PA system in an arena or literally anywhere, uh, you know, for five days and then show up and something is wrong, you know, the, the day of, and you're like, mm-hmm. well, what the heck, you know, like what's, yeah. what's going on here? Why is this happening? And it, it wasn't yeah. doing that four days ago, you know, patch got rerouted or somebody tripped on something and yep. like unplugged something or mm-hmm. like somebody accidentally patched. I don't know, this weird obscure thing that you're not going to use very often. And it was right the first day, but then it mm-hmm. something got repatched on day three for yep. some reason. Um, uh-huh. Somebody built uh, this. This happened uh, on one of the tours that I was my friend was on and I was at the show and I watched it all go down which was kind of fun, but, uh, I remember you so, like live texting me about this. I, I mean, I, I have done that before for sure. Um, because it was for a band called the shame, the shame, the chain smokers. And, uh, so I was literally standing in front of house, hanging out with them. And, uh, I watched the front of house console go down and I heard oh, it go down. No, you and, could, uh, you could see it like, go like slowly. Yeah, like, I watched t- the, whole, the timing off and then half the, and it just shut off. And I was like, well, this isn't good because I know the process of like, getting that all back up again. And so um, it turns out that one was a bad show file that somebody had uh, pirated rate waves plugins and used, and it made the console glitch out. So they reset it and they did the show and it was fine. Halfway through the show, it went down again and literally in the middle of the show. And so the front of house guy there turned it back on and shut down half the console 
and was using the other half of con- the console to mix and then started pulling like uh, sound cards and stuff like out of the middle of the console in the middle of the show, like the half that's down. And I'm like, dude, this is that sounds uh, like a nightmare. Oh, yeah. I was like, this is what I do. And this is a whole new level. Like th- watching this dude was crazy because like that's not that's not something that happens, you know? Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's that's one thing that you will never, ever, ever learn in a school um, like for audio or whatever. You, you can't teach you can't teach people um, how to stay cool under pressure and how mm-hmm. to deal with that kind of stuff. Like you, you just can't mm-hmm. and you don't know how you're going to deal with those kind of situations until you're in them. So it's just kind of like mm, for sure. Out. I've never seen the chain smokers live either. Like how many did. how many channels would they ru- actually run? A lot because what really? they did, what they did on, on the tour that I was on, they played, it was all arenas. And um, so what they would do is half of their set was full band and half of their set was like a DJ set. And they That's were, tight. the way they routed it was completely separate. So they had a set up a, a first, like, uh, f- like 50 or something channels were all for the lot, the full band stuff. And then the next like 12, it wasn't that many actually, but whatever. Hey, we're all for probably. the DJ stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then they would switch back and forth between them, you know, as as the set went on. That's interesting. It was pretty, yeah, it's cool. Um, and it was it was a whole different show, like whether you like them or not um, mm. as musicians or whatever, like the first half of the show was all it was different because it's a full band, like a full drummer, you know, full background singers, like full everything. Sorry, I burped. <laughs> um, but it was it was cool because like it's it's a whole different take on you know, on some of those songs and stuff. So yeah, no, I, and that's the thing is like their radio songs are very electronic focused, not mm-hmm. so much live drums, not so much like guitar or anything like that. Yeah. But like, yeah, I've heard they put on a sick live show as far as like their full band stuff goes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think we may have skipped this part, but like, how did you get into the live market? Cause you moved, you moved to do studio work. Mm hmm. So like, yeah. what was the transition yeah. of that like into the live market? And I know you're still doing studio work too. So yeah, yeah. So um, basically, what I what I when I got to LA, I started working at a, a place that does um, kind of did all of it. They had rehearsal rooms um, that bands would come into and just like prep for tour and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, or just random shows. They had a studio where you could come in and actually record like real stuff. Um, and like Aerosmith and like real people would come in and do stuff, which was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And then, um, we also did live shows. So we would take, you know, PAs and go to random, you know, random places and, and do that. And then, um, yeah, so I just kind of started learning all of it and I ended up doing more of the live stuff than the studio stuff, uh, just cause they needed more help with that. And I was good at it. You know, I caught on really fast and I can keep my head cool under pressure and stuff like that. And you know, just kind of jumped in and, and started doing it and then, uh, got asked to do some tours and, uh, and all that stuff. And then when I came back, I got hooked up with some other companies that were doing bigger shows and, you know, haven't really kinda... slowed down except for last year. Well, yeah, there's that. But that's but... a different, that's an anomaly for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. So, which has kind of gotten you back into more like producing stuff kind of, right? Like doing more yeah. like, of your own stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's been cool because um, it, it has gotten me back into some of the, the studio stuff and uh, trying to really hone those skills. Um, 
it's a it's a much more annoying uh situation than live because like i don't know i'm really good at live stuff and then i come into a studio and i'm like why can't i just do this <laughs> but uh but yeah it's it's been good and it's it's been fun too cuz i can end up doing like all kinds of weird you know different stuff that i wasn't doing before mm-hmm. you know i've been working on even just this week i've well almost this week i've done multiple podcasts i've done this like acoustic americana dude i've done some metal stuff um i master i've done a couple live like uh like live stream shows that i mix and mastered those and it's like just like mix. it's kind of a mm-hmm. it's kind of all over the place and it's it's been a lot of fun so that, that was something i didn't even think about did you guys get hit up for like live stream events things for you to run like live mixed audio yeah. So, um, the company that I did most of the, so I'm technically freelance, but I yeah. work for a bunch of different companies, but I work for one specific company more often than others. Mm-hmm. And we got hit up for some stuff for some live stream stuff. Um, but a lot of the, a lot of the ones that we did, they already had engineers in a building. They just needed mm-hmm. some extra gear or whatever. Uh, cause that's the hardest thing with all the live stream concerts and whatever is having a location. Mm-hmm. And the, the new company that I work, do the most work for, we don't have a location to shoot in. And so, you know, we were kind of, you know, stuck in this hole of waiting for, you know, other people to, you know, come into us and be like, hey, can you? Yeah, Um, yeah. It's kind of hard to reach out because most of them already have their own people. Right, exactly. And facility. And if you have your own facility where you can shoot all that kind of stuff, you probably have most of the gear and, you know, whatever. And the people. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I did know, uh, I, I, do know a couple people who came to me and were like, Hey, I want to do this. Can you come out and do this? And we can do this and whatever. And so, um, I've done a couple, a couple of different things for them. And I work for Gibson sometimes and they have a little showroom that we've done some, mm-hmm. some live stream things for, for That's them. Cool. So how was, uh, how was LA without Nam this year? Uh, I mean, it's super weird. <laughs> it's super, super weird because like, th- this is one of the first years that I haven't done anything for Nam. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though like last year I didn't work during, you know, like the actual time of Nam, but I did a bunch of the setup for them and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that kind of stuff. And so I haven't even done any of that. And it's just kind of weird. But uh, I mean, it is what it is. Like, the, I think I think at this point, we're all just kind of used to the fact that the world is kind of a mess. Yeah. So it was just kind of one of those like, eh, well, this is a part of it. Yep. So whatever. Yeah, I know a, a couple of people have been talking about how like they're not sure. I think they're thinking like Nam is going to have a hard time coming back from this year just mm-hmm. because people are going to businesses mainly because it's mainly a business focused thing. Like it's a showroom focused thing. I, yeah. And I think there will be room for it, but I think that businesses are going to realize that it's kind of not necessary as much nowadays. I think that there's going to be a lot of a lot of that kind of stuff coming after, you know, after the world does get back to some semblance of normal. Yeah, I think there are going to be a lot of a lot of companies and a lot of people that go, oh, well, we don't have to do this the way that we've been doing it. We proved that last year. So mm-hmm. uh, things are going to change. I don't see. So can we just agree that everybody just goes to L.A. for two weeks and doesn't go to the convention center? I mean, like. So it's not fun. I went once and I have no intention of going again. See, that's the thing. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't see Nam going away. It's just yeah. like, you know, after, after last year, or yeah, after last year, they had a lot of, um, like 
you know, virtual concerts and virtual streams and like all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I, I don't see those going away either. I think bands will continue to do them because of the financial benefits and the benefits of like, well, I don't have to leave my house and yeah. you know, whatever. And I can still see them. doesn't matter where I am or whatever. Yeah. But I also don't think that that means that live shows are going to go away because it's just a different mm. feel. It's a different vibe. You know, it's all mm. of that kind of stuff. I think the same is true with things like Nam. I do think there are going to be companies who do a lot more like, you know, live stream events and whatever like that. But I don't, but I think Nam is still going to exist. People still sure. like the, you know, the in-person stuff and the networking stuff and the, like mm. all of that kind of whatever. Um, a lot of the, the hangouts and the meetups and the parties and like all of that, like you just can't, and the concerts too. I mean, mm. you know, there's how many people perform, like you can't, it it's it's not the same like you can duplicate it you know online and whatever but it's it's not the same so sure. i see it changing but i don't see it going away i think it just maybe be shifting into a smaller format rather than what it yeah. has been which is like three massive rooms and like all of these stages and all that kind of stuff kind yeah. of spread i think it'll probably end up just minimizing some of it probably more focusing on like the meetups and the hangouts and the live for like the live things rather than mm-hmm. the showroom focused stuff, which is what it sure. has mainly been. Mm-hmm. Um, and but and then again, there is also something to say about showroom stuff because a lot of people premiere things at NAM. Yep, so having showroom floor space to premiere a new product is like that is really cool and a lot of people like that and a lot of people also some companies kind of rely on in person uh like hands on feeling of devices or whatever mm-hmm. depending on what it oh, is yeah. Yeah. I mean I have plenty of friends who will go to that just to actually put their fingers on something like mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is, you know, when Digico deployed their new console. Yeah, I mean, all of it, you know, just want to physically put their hands on it before they spend however much money to buy one. So, yeah, I think it'll change for sure, but I don't think it's ever going to go away. For sure. I just know people were talking about it. I was like, people were talking about how like they're worried about how it's going to go away. And I was like, yeah, "Ah, I don't know about that. It's like saying live shows are going to go away. That's never going to go away. It's always going to be a part of what we do, but I think that it's, you know, what it looks like is just going to be different. Mm -hmm. The Doja Cat live stream proved that because they, one, that was a huge production. It looked so good. It Mm -hmm. sounded amazing. Like it was so forward thinking. It shifted her genre wise too, which was really interesting, which I thought was sick. Yeah. But then like the gent forum didn't. The gym people didn't because freaking plenty. Uh, but uh, but then you have like her. That's really cool. And on like a less grand scale, like the Under Oath stuff that they did, playing the full albums and live streaming them in the Observatory series mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, I think, I think that that is something that smaller band. See, this is the the balance of like. I think that's something that smaller bands should take note of. But yep. I'm not 100% sure if that's something that smaller bands should really go for. Like smaller artists in Planet's general. doing it. Depends what on the it? artist, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, like Silent Planet's doing one. And, mm-hmm. I'm pumped about that one. It looks really yeah, good. Like they got Kevin to do everything for it. And See, that's the see. thing is like, you know, uh, I know ABR did one and Prada mm-hmm. did one. And, you know, the Under Oath one. Like all of those were were well done. And mm-hmm. um. I mean, but they put some money into it. I've seen a lot of um, bands do crappy ones. 
I've seen a few really crappy ones too. From yeah. from bigger so, bands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's it's weird, but like I think I think if smaller bands are I think the biggest part of it is the the I hate to say this, but like the the talent of the band itself, mm-hmm. like because I've seen some really really bad bands. There's a there's a um, a venue down here that does live streams, and you, you're a whatever band you pay like two hundred bucks, and they'll film it and um you know mix it and send it out to stream, which is really cool for like the you know small bands or whatever. But mm-hmm. if you're I don't know if the playing is really really bad, then doesn't really uh if you're yeah if you're really relying really on a live uh a live concert experience to give you a because there's there is some leeway with a live concert experience with how accurate you are on guitar mm-hmm. for sure that's why people will sound good whenever you see them but then you go on youtube and that same show they were sloppy mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's a, there's a whole vibe and like a whole feel of a situation like 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 literally just as an audience member how you feel about watching like this band or this song or whatever mm-hmm that, that does sure. change things i feel like it's a cool and it's an interesting avenue for like acoustic artists to and more like indie pop artists to like mm-hmm. kind of go down because mm-hmm. it makes a lot more sense to me at least in a market that's saturated with so many different things and there are so many huge artists in like indie pop and pop music and acoustic singer songwriter kind of things it's like it might be more beneficial for you to do live stream things sometimes mm-hmm. yeah. because you won't be competing against huge pop artists or like singer songwriters like Matt Wertz or Dave Barnes as a, like an acoustic artist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you can or have even, your thing and grow. Yeah, absolutely. Or even just like the amount of money that it costs to tour as a smaller band mm-hmm. is hard. And sometimes yeah it makes more financial sense to pay $5,000 or whatever it is to do some live stream concert and make it look and sound really, really good rather than pay, you know, a couple hundred bucks a day just to fill your van up with gas, just to get to a new show, just so you can get paid a couple hundred bucks just to use that same money and mm-hmm. put it in a van and, you know, in gas and whatever. And the, so, and the remarketability of content clipping and those kind of things for Instagram, TikTok, which we'll get to later and like mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then also the shareability of you just cut out one song and then you post that directly to Facebook or Instagram, like yeah. as a Instagram TV or YouTube like immediately way more shareable rather than yeah. a live show. Exactly. And, yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's less personal and all that kind of stuff, but like you can reach such a bigger audience for less, for less, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I, I definitely don't think that's going away anytime soon, which is cool. Like I, yeah. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. So, and well, like not to be whatever, but like for somebody like me who has experience in the live world and the studio world, I can sit down and go, OK, this is what we need. This is how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what it's going to cost to do this and what it's going to cost to do this and, you know, whatever it, else. It made somebody like you extremely valuable to a lot of different people because you have you have good experience at a pretty high level in both of those categories. Right. Because mm-hmm. you might have guys that are better than you at live sound, but have no idea what to do in studio. And a guy that's like killer at studio, but has no idea how to run a live rig. So mm-hmm. the fact that you have both of those is like really, really going to put you in a cool place with this moving forward, I think. Exactly. It'll be something yeah. that you can offer, like as a, you know, as a 
individual and like mm-hmm. just you know what gear to rent out immediately you know exactly how much it's going to cost you can hire a video team to come out and do you know whatever yeah so yeah and i already i mean like i, I literally already have friends that work in all of those in all of those worlds like we've put together price sheets like i it's it's something that i've been trying to market to people a little bit but it's it's still hard mm-hmm. you know right now because you know money's tight and whatever else but sure. like it's it's all ready to go like i'm you know yeah when the, the world qu- gets back qu- to qu- normal forms on my website <laughs> yeah hit that hit that website yeah <laughs> nickdoer.com well that's a no <laughs> side note nickdoer.com is an artist from like the uk oh, yeah. uh like a like a painter type of artist and uh he died on my birthday a couple years ago which is super weird oh god so uh you can still go to nickdoer.com support that guy and his family but uh it's not me (laughs) bro at least he didn't die on like your actual birthday that'd be creepy right yeah no it was a couple years ago nick doer all eternal yeah (laughs) well it's just reincarnated into a new person. Just, yeah, imagine <laughs> that though, like you finally get to the end of your life and you're just like shoved into a new body. Like, let me rest, bro. <laughs> it's got deep. That'd be, that'd be good luck, bro. Uh, Could you imagine? Oh, go I'm ahead. I'm going to go there. <laughs> not even going there. <laughs> I was just going to say, Josh, I know you know Nick obviously way better than me because you mm-hmm. and him go way back seas. Yeah. Do you have any like things that the people need to know about your boy? <laughs> Keep it clean. <laughs> he's uh he's one of my best friends. Aww. <laughs> he's he's always there for me. I'm always there for him. Yeah. He needs tremendous amounts of auto-tune. That's <laughs> <laughs> I s- that's false I he actually nice. has like near perfect pitch it's insane there you go that's better <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all because it that's still sweet. sounds bad but he's on at least <laughs> like it, the pitch is fine it just sounds really bad it doesn't make any sense well you know can't be perfect like, all you, ever, you ever meet someone with perfect pitch but they sound bad meet nick charlie pooth or in his early the years. anomaly yo <laughs> I don't think I want to tell the story, but I'm going to anyway. Do it. Uh, so there's a friend we had in college that uh, had perfect pitch. And when he would get really drunk, people would be like, okay, what is this? And they would make make a weird sound. Uh, and he would like name the pitch and see how like good he still was when he was, you know, super, super drunk and whatever. <laughs> and so we were, one time uh, he was out and somebody was like, hey, what pitch is this? And they farted. And he knew exactly what it was and played like the chord, went over to the piano. I was like, oh, it's this and went over the piano and just replayed the whole thing on a piano exactly in pitch with what the fart was. And I was like, this is this is a weird party skill, but uh, really impressive. Bro, that's next level. Uh, I think I think some of those TikToks that uh, Charlie Puth does where he's like. People will just like type in chords or something, or he'll just like name a chord, sing the note, or and then like play it on, on the piano or something. That's just the mm-hmm. the, the wildest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, let Let's get into uh, your TikTok fandom. Okay, your TikTok fame. No, uh, Nick has been just mad trolling people on TikTok. Oh, good. <laughs> I almost just died. That's good. Good job, Josh. 
Nick has been mad trolling people on TikTok lately, and I love it so much because I'm gonna I'm gonna actually insert one right here that was my favorite. It was the uh, the Donald the Donald Trump one. where you're the one where it was like oh the Britney one yeah the Britney one oh my <laughs> gosh man I lost my mind over that there is absolutely no reason that Trump can't be on Pinterest this reminded me of something come put my finger on it then I put my finger on it <laughs> <laughs> I, is this a new one it's not that new no it's a it's a <laughs> yeah that's it's too good man. I've seen oh, this yeah. before. I could put my finger on it, but uh, then I put then my, I finger, put my on finger on it. it. <laughs> yeah, was... she commented on that video, and she's oh, like, really? "Yeah, yeah." She's like, "It's because we're both angry about something." And I went, "Okay, uh, uh, okay." <laughs> I'm just ignoring that. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> that's so good. No, it's been. Uh, you feel like it's been a fun outlet for you to just like make dumb stuff and yeah, hundred percent. I was talking to a friend of mine about this because like. You know, so many of so there's so many songs and so many artists and stuff that I've found on there that it's it it's actually crazy. Like some songs that I can't stop, I literally can't stop singing. Mm-hmm. Um, I found from stupid TikTok, and uh, like it pisses it, it makes me angry sometimes, but no. like it's also awesome. Uh, and so like there's so much potential to like put cool stuff out there, but also. It's just a way for me to be an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> and dude. like, I like it. Like, I don't, it just, I don't know. For some reason, you know, Twitter feels like the screaming into the void. Facebook is the what's fight with our relatives. Instagram <laughs> is like, this is my curated perfect life. And TikTok is me, is, is just like everybody TikTok being stupid. TikTok is just like my last two brain cells duking it out <laughs> in like a burning down comedy club. Yeah. That's what TikTok is. I love it. And, and I can't I get enough of it. For it. It's so good. I love it. That, that's, like, how, that's how I found out about know, that Trevor Daniels song, man. I uh, falling like uh, the first time. So the first time I heard it, I hated it. The second time I heard it, I, hated I was it like, too, eh, because the verses right. aren't symmetrical and they don't rhyme. Huh? The verses don't rhyme in that song. No, they I hated don't. It at first, and now I like it. I know. I love. But I was like, but dude, now, I wish I could. he put out that record last year, and I literally Josh turned me on to it because I didn't realize that it came out. I literally mm-hmm. cannot stop listening to that record. Yeah. It's so good. It is so good. I love you through the highs and through the lows. Oh, yeah. bro, I'm about to go listen to that. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> this podcast is lame. Awesome, <laughs> Trevi. I can tell you're bored. Yeah. But, I'm, no, I feel like I'm dying right now. No, well, you know. But yeah, thing. it's 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 cool, man. Um, so, I mean, like, I'm not expect. It'd be cool if, like, I got, you know, TikTok famous or whatever. But, like, yeah. I'm not trying to. It's just yeah, I mean, me. you're not, though, so. What's that? I said you're not, though. So I'm, no, I'm not. I, I, I literally have, like, 60 people following me. Like, it's yeah. not even, you know. I'm not one of them. No. Of, wait, is TikTok really spelled T-I-K-T-O-K? Yeah. Yeah. There you go, dude. We're learning. Wow. Uh, I'm trying to log in. On the- <laughs> no, but I, it's more of, like... I think in a, in a one, it is a good marketing tool, regardless of whatever it is a good marketing tool. I've seen people use it very well for that kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But in another sense, like I feel like it might be the last social media platform where you can just have fun. 
Yeah. And yeah, also market yourself at the same time. Like, yeah, that's the like there's thing. a lot of it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot on TikTok that has just straight up Vine energy. Like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a little scary because it's just like raw, unadulterated Vine, Vine. energy. <laughs> yeah. And See, when it when it like, first came out, it wasn't like there was everybody mm-hmm. wanted it to be Vine, but it just wouldn't like nobody was funny. And, yeah, uh, but like now, like there's a, there's a lot of Vine energy on there, mm-hmm. but then at the same time, there's a lot of room for like people to find you, and like since there's more time, you could do cool things, like Mark mm-hmm. Rebelay, however you pronounce uh, it, name. Yeah, him, that name. He's on there. He is just as good on TikTok as he is anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a 30 minute YouTube video or a minute TikTok, like he just kills it. Mm-hmm. And it's like so, th- it's cool that there's like now that opportunity. While before, like things like vine the only thing that they had enough room for was literally comedy mm-hmm. it's like how can you make something funny within six seconds but now like you know it's like we're giving you a minute and we're gonna give you the same format as vine so let's just see what happens and then once all the old people got on the app it got hilarious <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean pretty much yeah yeah well and, yeah kids, it's some of the music stuff you may have seen this nick but like some of the music stuff like uh Oh, what's his name? Uh, with the uh, blonde-tipped hair, he always sings an auto-tune, does so bunch of random stuff. I th- Josh, um, Wizard Blood is producing his stuff. Um, me, I can't remember what his name is. Oh, my gosh. Lil Aaron. No. <laughs> I love that Definitely dude. not. But uh, he's great, isn't he? Yeah, it's there's like I don't know. I there's don't so know many guys Drew's on there that are just dudes that are just like I'm gonna sing some stuff, mm-hmm. and then people are like, "Wait a second, <laughs> you are like actually good," mm-hmm. and like they're producing themselves. Or there's one dude I found that does like remixes of songs, and uh, he's like got a beard, always plays like. Uh, has like his midi keyboard in front of him. It's always like the same like look. You've probably seen him do stuff before. He does like really cool ambient or like indie pop versions of like more popular songs that aren't that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just really, it's just really cool. And I feel like it's like I said, the last frontier of creativity while also being like a cool place to say, yeah, I do cool stuff. And I make music and or I act or I don't know. I will say some of those acting things that people do are the cringiest things. Mm-hmm. The the I'm the red line, you're the blue line or whatever kind of thing. Yeah, but the comedian people who come into that and like change the words and have a whole other conversation. That's a whole different game. Cause yeah. that's freaking hilarious. Oh yeah. There's so many good comics on that app. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. It, God, I could literally spend all day just scrolling through TikTok. I have. I'm, <laughs> I, I used to, I, so I had, I got TikTok late last year, moved to Florida and then there were literally days like when I had nothing to do and Maddie was busy working where I would lay in bed and I would scroll through TikTok. And then all of a sudden she comes home eight hours later and yep. it's like, oh, so I finally deleted it off my phone. And then you actually convinced me to get it again because you were like, look how funny I am on TikTok. And Josh and you, both of you guys and like made me you start using it again. 
<laughs> so I hate you both and love you at the same time. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, Josh Sam won't get on it. Sam needs to get on it. He's like, I'm too old. What do you mean, bro? You're not too old. Who? You're not even 30 yet. Who'd you say? Sam. Mm. Yeah, of course Sam needs to get on it. Oh, he would get on there and say something like super sad. He'd be like, yeah, he'd like, get on there and just cry and then blow I up. I want to die. And all these kids would be like, bro, this guy gets rage. <laughs> <laughs> Some producer would be like, oh, it's a bop. And then they'd be like, and then like yeah. 10 years or 10 seconds later, there'd be a freaking song and he'd be famous. Yo, just like exactly. Jesse or whatever her name is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, didn't that... uh? That whatever it's called, that phone song that didn't that blow up on TikTok? Uh, that's like a very acoustic ballady kind of thing. You mean driver's license? Driver's license. That one, that one did blow up because of TikTok. That song sucks. Yeah, I was about to say that's like one of those like would not have done anything except because of TikTok. Yeah, I mean yeah, she had I, a career before, bef- yeah. like before that song came out. So she had mm-hmm. a little like she had a song in like high school, the High School Musical soundtrack or something. Mm-hmm. So like she was still around but it wouldn't have blown up the way that it did yeah that song is tough man i love that it's song just, and i'm not even ashamed so about it i don't yeah. care i'm about to make some hot cinnamon spice tea and disappear into night city that's what i'm gonna do tonight <laughs> even though i should I prefer be this tea oh the yerba always yes sir dude uh yerba this has there, been a please. fun conversation nick give me yeah, your absolutely. Top oh, man, five most goes. listened to uh, songs right now. Top five most listened to songs right now? Yeah, I'm trying to change it up on you because we gave you... I'm trying to throw you a curveball. Yeah. we gave you the okay. albums last time. So... Mm. Like, what are the things... What are the songs that you're like, I just can't get enough of this? And then how many of them are TikTok songs? And then what? How many of them are TikTok songs? Uh, most of them. uh okay here let's see i can't um okay so the song that i was i haven't stopped playing today is uh golf on tv by lennon stella and jp Sachs. Mm. love some lennon stella it's too relatable Um, dude so my uh uh dude that i met plays bass for her oh yeah yeah he played bass for carrie job which is nice. a weird connection. Yep. Um, this is Nashville people, man. They're all uh-huh. going to each other. Uh, and he, so he turned me on to Lynn and Stella like early on. And I was like, Oh God, this is like all way too. I feel this way too heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We can talk offline about why that song hits home. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think another most played song right now is uh, roses by the band Camino. Oh, good one um that's on my coffee shop playlist yeah mm-hmm. um let's see i don't know there's a song uh here's a here's a tiktok song it's a song called Haley by a girl named ren she's an la girl okay and uh yeah basically she was like dating this dude and he cheated on her and she caught it on camera in her apartment Oof. yeah and then po- and then like made a piece of the song or the piece of the song is like audio from the video and then blew up on TikTok, And it's a very catchy song. Um, Wait, is that the one where they're like, trying to tell us that you're sad? One more time. 
Are you trying to tell us that you're sad? Oh, I mean, that's definitely true. But is that the one where like the girl retaliated and made like another song or something like that? I can't remember. No, that was driver's no, license. That's, that's that was driver's, driver's license. license. Okay. Yeah, Sabrina, Sabrina Carpenter's all Sabrina mad Carpenter. that she wrote a song about her and called her the blonde girl or something like that. Yeah. It's all stupid. It's just a bunch of rich kids who already had money who are sitting there complaining about each other. Like they're, you know, hip hop <laughs> artists or something like, no, dude, you want to write a diss track? Get ready to show up with the gat in their front yard. Like, <laughs> yo, like what's I, Sabrina going to do? Nothing. What's Olivia going to do? Nothing. Yeah, Is that her name, Olivia? Yeah, like, what are you going to do? Nothing. <laughs> you were you were doing just fine. Your life was just fine. You wrote about a breakup and now what you're really a diss track over a breakup song yeah and guess Throw what off. it worked man it where's hit. the gat because here's the thing like sabrina again had a had a music career and an acting career before this song ever came out or any of this ever came out but yep. the reason why her new song blew up the way that it did is because of olivia's song yep that's why like sometimes it's just capitalizing on situations no nah, it's smart yeah I mean, Sabrina's song isn't nearly as good because she threw it together in five minutes. If you're going to be doing that, you've got to live it. We were just talking to Jason about how, like, like the artists that really live it, you know? And it's like, how are you going to sit there and act like you're something, like, profound whenever, like, you really aren't going to show up with the gat? (laughs) Yo, yo, you want to talk about bands that are real as King 810? Yeah. They're freaking right, really? dude. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Where's yeah. your AK at? They they <laughs> like, literally can't tour in some countries because they're just yeah. not their their rap sheets make it illegal for them to even go really? into those countries. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. They're that's they're so like. Wild. Yeah. Have you never have you never listened to them? No, I need to oh, know. Yeah. 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 They're they're the real deal. They're like, I know what it's like to have killed a man. I know what it feels like to get stabbed and shot. And you're like, yep, I bet you do. OK. <laughs> Yes, sir. I because they. I, yes, I, I believe you. Yeah, oh, they're from, I, they're from I, I really Flint, Michigan. That, oh no, I dropped my tea. I really oh, do think of course that, like, they're from um, Michigan. From Flint, Michigan. Yeah. That's yeah. the most. That's the most Detroit Flint thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, they all they they stole all of the when they wanted to start a band. They stole all the first instruments that they that they owned because they couldn't afford them. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they're the they're the real deal. Shout okay, out back to Flint, it. Michigan, for being <laughs> so sketchy. Mm-hmm. You, you, uh, Josh Schroeder does all the records. Yep, I really? love that dude too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, dude, and they're really cool. Mm-hmm. That's tight. I'm gonna have to check them. The out. mixes on them are very unique. Like they're they're different, dude. I will have yeah. to check them out. That's pretty tight. They're they're yeah. really uh they're the real deal. So did you have any more? Yeah, I think we were we were only on like three. I don't know the uh. I will say the whole uh what were we the whole Alpha Wolf record. I can't. Mm. I can't stop listening to that a one. A Quiet Place to Die. Akudama and A Quiet Place to Die are two of my favorite songs mm. on the planet right now. So, dude, my Akudama favorite song on that sick. record is uh, A Mind Build Bends to the Will of Its Own. Because that last breakdown, I've never wanted to just literally throw a chair through a window. It's hard when that last breakdown, A Mind Build to the Will of Its Own. Bun, dun, dun, shh, dun, dun. And then it drops to like just a bass playing those chunky parts. I'm like, oh mm-hmm. no, that's mm-hmm. going to make me want to kill somebody. Can we all agree yeah. that the only like strictly metalcore band that's just like straight up killing it is Alpha Wolf? Yeah. Like they're the only heavy band that I really care about besides like Bring Me, but they're practically a bunch of pop boys yeah. at the same time. 
They're so good, dude. Basically. They don't have any business writing that good music. Bro, and they, and then they do the Weeb video. They did the Weeb dude, music yeah, video. Dude, yeah, and I loved it. I fell in and love I with it. I was like, this is so kawaii, baby. Like, put me in that. Like, I don't know. Make me look like make me look like uh, Shikamaru or something, and like I'll be in the band. I don't care. Give me a fishnet shirt and a ponytail. <laughs> but then they... Dude, did you see the music video they did for that Restricted song? No. You did it? No. So that song's about like a friend of theirs like do a, a bunch of sexual stuff that happened like in her childhood with like an uncle or a family member or something like that. And it's like pretty rough. But the music video is like it's wild. Hmm. Do they kill somebody? Yes, they do. <laughs> I think I watched it. It's it's crazy. Is it more graphic than the original plot in you videos though? No, it's not a gra- more graphic than uh, what was the first one? Premeditated? Yeah, it's not more graphic than that. But yeah. it is pretty. Wait, graphic. why did that come out on Grayscale Records? Because they, they on, so are they, they in the joint. So Grayscale is their uh, because that's the Australian label, and they got good. They're okay, just in right. distribution with Spine Farm. Yeah. Okay. I thought that they got dropped. No. All right. Nice. Things. I'm pretty sure it's Spine Farm that they're on in it's America. I can't remember. But I wasn't going to correct you over a record label. Yeah, I can't remember. So, but anyway, yeah, that that record's tight, dude. That, I love that record so much. Mm-hmm. If yeah, if uh, like I legitimately his mix on that record. I don't know if you follow him at all, mm-hmm. but on Instagram, but his uh, he does a mix breakdown on the guitars. Yeah. And on specifically A Quiet Place to Die, the panning, the tones are different because it's the quads. And he's like choosing different sets of guitars to pan differently. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, his guitar, there's uh, there really is something about the way that he does guitars that nobody else is doing. And it just sounds amazing. So Chris was talking with him about it because Chris Davis is like a huge fanboy, but he's. Mm -hmm in the ghost inside so he can be like yo dude what's up Mm -hmm. uh and it's just like low-key like that so he was talking with him about it and he was like yeah i spent way too much time like choosing specific amps and specific Mm -hmm. heads and he their guitar player is also just nuts yeah um but then like phase lining them, making sure that the tones cut perfectly so that the crossover is it's super nerdy i love it I'm, Mm -hmm. i'm all about it yeah, I listened to a whole podcast where he was interviewed and they were talking about they, I mean they talked about a ton of stuff, but they talked yeah. about his guitars too, and I was just like, oh. yeah. What's his name? What to who? The dude that mixed it? Yeah. Um uh his yeah, name is Prank. P R E N C. Oh. Yeah, this band is sick. They're like, like I said, they're like the only heavy band I really care about right yeah, now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I still don't. You just but... do it right, you know? Yeah, true. What were you going to say, Nick? Oh, I mean, there's still a lot. of It's it's funny. I mentioned a bunch of pop band, pop songs that I've been playing over and over in my head. Yeah. But, like, there's, there's still so many good metal bands and heavy bands out there that... To me, this band is like if Sworn In kept going with the Death Card vibes and yeah. then got really into streetwear and anime. Basically. Well, they're already into anime, but streetwear. Sure. For sure. 
No, I, I feel like that's uh, they're like the American. They're not even American, but they're they're like the Australian version of a uh, what's that Japanese band that everyone loves? Crystal Lake. Crystal Lake. No, they're like a they're, better version of that better. to me. Crystal Lake. Lance. It's Crystal Lance Lake Prank. That's his name. Lance. Yeah, I think I'm friends with him on Facebook. Probably are. I know, I know he's in the. He's UN. in like a lot of forums and stuff. He does. He did like a. He's done a bunch of really cool records, actually. He did the, um, the Butterfly EP from Thorn Thornhill, Thornhill. Yeah, yeah. He did uh, Loathe, right? No, he didn't mix Loathe. Loathe's in the UK. That was a different guy. Really? Yep, different guy. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is how. Okay. So that guy, he's in the URM, like, nail the mix thing. Yes. And he's, like, he just, like, stays winning all of the competitions. Because <laughs> he does them. And I'm like, hey, man, you're you're literally about to be, like, the next featured mix engineer on here. Like, this isn't fair. Give the kids a fighting chance. <laughs> like, could you imagine? Like, you know, like, it would be really stupid if, like, Joey was in there. And he was yeah. just like, hey, guys, look, I won because, you know, I'm the best. But like this guy, he's like, he's like, yeah, I worked with Alpha Wolf. They're kind of small. You probably never heard of them. And, and like everyone's like, Thornhill. that's my favorite band. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> he did Thornhill. He did. I love uh, it. Oh, um, Diamond Construct, which has been one of my newer favorite heavy bands. If you don't know about Diamond Construct, Nick, you need to go check them out. They're don't. basically like, if they basically double down on that whole like new metal vibe. Mm-hmm. but it's way more chaotic. It's just, super cool. Just looking at their header on Spotify, it looks like it's pretty chaotic. Yeah, it's tight. They're really cool. Uh, their first, their first record with the, all the red on it is the, that's the one that's, that's the one. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's really, really good. Uh, a friend of mine in heirloom turned me on to that one because he, he's been listening to a lot of it for writing some really interesting guitar parts because their guitar parts are really unique. Mm-hmm. They'd use a lot of automated uh, MIDI controlling their pitch shifting. Oh, nice! Yeah, that's so cool. like so it gives it a really unique sound. So it's like mm-hmm. stuff your foot can't physically do fast enough to change like some of the things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. So big that's recommend dope. on yeah. that. Yeah, I'll have to check that out for sure. Uh, and it's late here and i know you have to probably go pretty soon too um whatever i'll sit here and chat with you guys forever so that's fine we'll talk not on the podcast uh but guys thanks for listening this has been nick doer uh check him out on tiktok at n-i-c-k-d-e-w-a-r uh and on twitter and on instagram Instagram. actually my tiktok is nick doer audio because there's a nick doer already for oh is there but everything else is just nick doer yeah I do, I just typed in your name. That's how I found you I on TikTok. Recording. Huh? I stopped recording. Yeah, idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, check him out. He's been really cool. Thanks for hanging I out. Do my man. best. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me. Thanks, dude. It's good to be here. Bye. And that's it for this episode of the Home Studio Hangout Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Please check us out on your favorite podcasting platform. Leave a review. It helps the show so much. Kind of get out there for new people to find. Uh, If you want to watch this, if you aren't already, 
Uh, check us out on YouTube by searching Home Studio Hangout. Uh, and thank you so much again for giving us your time and your attention. And remember, keep on creating.